0: I, uh, I
1: don't care for looking at myself, so I'm going to switch back to gallery view here, if I may. There we go. It puts me in a small box instead of a big one. <clears throat> As um, many of you know, uh, I um, am a long-time migraine sufferer, and one of the peculiar phenomena um, of migraine is what's known as the sabbatical migraine. Uh, sabbatical as in Sabbath, uh because they tend to mysteriously arise on the weekends, which is seems quite unfair and um be nice if that didn't happen, but it does, and it is uh uh, it is very common in my case. So that means that I am often ill Saturday night and Sunday and still ill Monday. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i chagrined to think of how many times I've had to address the Valley Stream Sangha on Monday and say, you know, I'm not doing very well this evening. So, I do apologize once again. This is beyond my control. And these, I don't know, these, Past maybe few weeks have been um, somewhat um, difficult. Uh, uh, my uh, brother is my only remaining family member, pardon. and he is, he has been not very well for quite a while and recently uh less well. Uh, so, um this is a, a, a source of considerable pain. Uh, and my own um what we usually call physical condition is is uh, is not so great either i managed to twist my ankle quite painfully a couple of weeks ago and um uh i also have a tend to have a bad back for mysterious reasons although my father did as well so i think i may have inherited that tendency so this can leave one or leave me feeling like carrying kind of a lot of weight. And under circumstances like that, it's very important to remember to practice. And uh, I, like anyone, can forget to do so that is go trotting along on um the uh, paths of habit and uh forgetting the um magic that is inherent in our lives and uh Escapes the boundaries of uh, habitual perception. In my early schooling, I... uh, was under the uh, close supervision of uh, a uh, a group of uh, Roman Catholic nuns who were quite uh, insistent that things be done a certain way and that uh, failing to do so was um, uh, not just an ordinary discipline problem but a sign of moral collapse. Even if one was a child of six or seven (laughs) one could, could be falling into moral turpitude according to the sisters And when we had uh, something uh, to color, little kids often have coloring projects and uh, often on religious themes, uh, we were expected to stay within the lines. I wasn't so good at that. I felt like, well, I wanted that area to be blue, too. (laughs) No, no. Mary, the mother of Jesus, is wearing blue, so you should color her clothing. And not out there also. And um, this was a bit of a struggle. But uh, all of us have the natural capacity to color outside the lines. And our practice gives us a sense of our own life that is also outside the lines. And this is a This is a tremendous help. That feeling of uh, imprisonment that we can sometimes have, you know, when circumstances are becoming uh, such that they resist our efforts to make a different arrangement. They just won't budge. It's easy to forget that that sense of imprisonment is, as it says in the Book of Serenity, a ball thrown on swiftly moving water. a ball thrown into the rapids. So this is another way of saying, as we just recited in the Heart of Perfect Wisdom Sutra, the five aggregates of being, are indeed empty. That is, they spread outside the lines And this uh, can confront us with the relief of suffering. In- introducing us to that about us, which is Avalokiteshvara Bodhisattva, Manjushri Bodhisattva, Samantabhadra Bodhisattva, and so on. Presented with a coloring book of Buddhist deities, we can feel free to color way outside the lines. I was just pondering whether the emptiness of the five aggregates of being, is that ultimate teaching or provisional teaching? I've uh, mentioned before the uh, the main principle of what what could be called Buddhist hermeneutics, to borrow a a term from Western religious studies. That is a principle of scriptural interpretation and. Hermeneutic. And in, in Buddhism, you could say it's fairly simple. Some teachings are so-called nītārtha in Sanskrit. And some are neartha. Nītārtha being of manifest received meaning. Neyartha meaning requiring interpretation. So is the emptiness of the aggregates of being something that is a received manifest teaching or does it require interpretation? Tonight, I could sort of go either way. And you could also say, well, you know, it doesn't actually matter very much. It's been said that the provisional teachings, those being Nayartha, really all the teachings, but especially provisional teachings, are given to beings so that they may, we may have access to the ultimate teaching. You hear those sirens? You can't. Uh, yet another fire. Oh, quite nearby. Well, I'm going to assume it's not us. You might uh, want to ponder this uh, difference between the provisional and the manifest teachings. It's kind of fun. It's also been said that the ultimate teaching does not appear within. Perception. That's quite interesting. This is from a uh, series of lectures delivered, I think, in the early years of the 20th century by one of the celebrated. Soto Zen teachers of the era named Okasotan. And one of his students had a couple of famous students. Nishiari Bokusan was one, and Kishisawa Ian another, of both of whom, at one time or another, Suzuki Roshi studied with. In these lectures, Okasotan Sotan uh, is basically speaking of the precepts. Um, Bodhisattva precepts as um, which might ordinarily be considered, received, that Nitartha—that is, that is, manifest teaching. but he's presenting them in a way that they become nayata, that is requiring interpretation. And he says uh, things such as, true teaching does not appear within perceptions. Furthermore, perceptions do not figure in the illumination of the Buddhas and illumination does not figure in the perceptions of sentient beings. So um, the sphere of teachings, both provisional and ultimate, is these five aggregates of being. which is why their colors spread all over and do not stay within the lines. What is rupa? What is vedana? What is sangna? What is Sanskara, What is vijnana? You, you know those Sanskrit terms, yes. Material, sensation, conception, Mm -hmm. vector, vectored consciousness, and general consciousness. These are the five aggregates of being. those empty aggregates. And that is nothing other than the sphere of expression of what I was just talking about, this aging, painful body-mind. My sick brother, my old and dear friend who just died a couple of weeks ago, there is no other place. So I am, believe it or not, rather clumsily expressing the liberative power of Buddha Dharma. And it's easier frequently when I have good good Dharma friends like you reminding me to practice. I may have mentioned to you one of many embarrassing incidents from my training. Living with my teacher, the redoubtable Reverend Anderson of uh, Green Gulch Farm. There were a group of us, I forget what we were, we were studying something with him, so we were sitting around a table at his house and I don't recall I can't remember the exact circumstances, but i had I was feeling quite irritated with him, which was not that unusual for me and of course he noticed and and pointed that out. And he said, you know, I think it's just that you forgot to practice right then. And he was right. So what does that mean? Well, at the time it sort of meant, well, I I went somewhere with it. I went on some excursion with whatever I was deciding had happened. This is speaking figuratively, of course, but I, I was indulging in something other than these aggregates of being right now, right here. So that was embarrassing, but also instructive. And this comes to me now when I think I feel the weight of circumstance. I quite enjoy, or used to anyway, uh, arising moderately early on Sunday morning and going to buy the New York Times and then sitting at the breakfast table. But lately, I, uh, I find reading through the paper, I'm sort of sinking lower and lower and lower because it's all bad news. At least it feels that way, whether it's politics or economics or ecology or something. I have to remind myself to practice. It's easier in a way because of the continual onrush of karma. It's easier to keep sinking and sinking. So I have to remind myself, do not indulge. The aggregates of being lack inherent existence, not just once in a while, but always. In a manner of speaking, that teaching gives us access, to, is presented to beings to give us access to the true teaching. And what is that? Well, I have a little friend here who will demonstrate. Can you see him, her, it? I know it's dark, but this is a little happy guy. I don't know where I got that. But this this one, he, she or they have a like a little offering of some kind in each palm palm of each hand these are the offerings of the teaching to be passed on to other beings and those famous bliss bestowing hands we've heard about So pretty soon, we're going to have um, a uh, ceremony of conferring the Bodhisattva precepts there in Sacramento. In, In a sense, the... Somewhat elaborate circumstances of that ceremony are simply a way of passing on the teaching to all beings. The circumstances don't matter so much. But they do tell us something about the nature of reality. And Okosotan, whom I mentioned, also uh, he says that in a sense. the the precepts of the buddha's and ancestors are all there is of practice the the body of the great vehicle so to speak receiving those precepts, we come to recognize that that is our own body also burdened or unburdened well or ill young or old That's how it is. We needn't look for that within our perceptions. That's how it is. I realize uh, it's only 8.30 or not quite. So I I don't, I don't necessarily feel like I've earned my rice, as we say in Zen. But I think I'm a, about out of... lather, if you'll forgive the expression. Um, You can see over my shoulder, I think, a musical instrument. Uh, which uh, perhaps rather foolishly I uh, have taken up after many years of delay. And I think a a, uh, new musical instrument would be, I think, accurately regarded as something rather challenging to begin in one's later years. Well, but I did it anyway. And, uh, I uh, I wrote a poem recently uh about that And if you don't mind, maybe I will burden you with that as a a coda to uh, this evening's attempt at a Dharma talk. Uh, There's... There's one word in this poem that you might not be familiar with. It's a Scots Gaelic word, clarsach, which is the name for a harp. Although strictly speaking, it's the name for a, a harp that is played or strung with wire, rather than this one, which is strung with a mix of gut and nylon. I had such a harp, uh, a harp strung with wire, uh, quite a few years ago, 1980. And instead of staying by the hearth and learning to play, I fled to a monastery. Reflecting on that time, uh, not so long ago, I I wrote this poem. Uh, it goes, "If I hadn't given up, given it all away, the music." the sweet songs. They'd be my own to share. From the Klarschach its bonny golden strings a-tremble, songs like the angels know, flow like the waters of the holy wells. O men of music o bards it's your path i sought but in the end the fear won out and to the anonymous audience i fled and among them i remained Maybe you have some questions this evening. Hi, this is uh, Kenny, also known as Kaku On. Hi there, Kenny. Hi, sorry to hear about your uh, brother my friend um, i got kind of a elementary school question but if these things are outside of our perceptions how does anyone ever know them who is the first person to be able to uh discover this that well, we can't ever know well thank you the fact that um i would say the ultimate teaching does not appear within perceptions does not mean that it can't be recognized it's just that don't go looking for them in perceptions that's all thank you oh
2: this is Sarah hi Sarah this is a follow up question too, because I was I love I, I'm thinking about your analogy of um, coloring the coloring books and thinking about my experiences in grade school, uh, getting my hand slapped because I was it <laughs> especially because I was a left hander.
1: Oh me too. It was even
2: more so. So oh, yes, I, I wasn't doing it correctly That's in right. any case. But the one thing that has always troubled me or puzzled me is the the two things, this relative versus absolute truth, and then what you were bringing up tonight, the perceived versus the received truth, which to me seems some sort of parallels. And I'm going back to the coloring in the lines, you know, is it the color that we the well it's the difference between the ground and the and the foreground that you can create, so I can color the whole my whole paper black and just leave the lines empty <laughs> and, and i just I, I'm just going back and forth between the analogy of that and the relative versus the absolute or the received versus the uh, perceived and i don't know if i'm off on a tangent with that, or if there's some connections?
1: Well, and uh, you aren't necessarily off on a tangent, but I, just to clarify um, that that hermeneutic that Buddhists use uh, is between teachings that are straightforward. And require no interpretation that's one and the other category is teachings that require some explanation and contextualizing and so forth so so just to be clear that's what I was talking about now is that not what you are referring to
2: no thank you for that clarification
3: um, uh
1: you could say that if there is such a thing as a teaching that the Buddha way is not confined to the lines, you could say, well, that's sort of a nearta, that is, it it kind of requires some interpretation but also maybe not. Do you, do you see? In a way that's quite straightforward.
2: I don't know, it seems like the straightforward is when you keep every all the coloring inside the line, that to me seems yeah. to be the straightforward approach.
1: Yes, well, uh, in fourth grade, Sister Mary Edward said to my class, thank God most of us are right-handed. <laughs> As a fourth grader, I was not so happy about.
2: I understand your feeling. I had a similar experience. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, To this day, I don't have such good handwriting. And the, you know, we had handwriting class in those days. And my efforts were never acceptable. There was always something wrong with them. Ironically, that persisted well into adulthood, when I discovered that um, you can, yes, you can write Chinese with your left hand. You can do that, but it will never look quite right. So an experienced calligrapher will know immediately that it was done with the left hand. And the Characters will never look quite like what's there's something wrong with that. Oh, that must be a left hander. So, this is why, in a manner of speaking, there are no left handers in East Asia. If a, a baby reaches for something with the left hand, mom will push that away and give whatever it is to the right hand. So, you could say, well, right now, we're not coloring within the lines, what we're talking about.
2: Thank you. I love that, the image of coloring within the lines. That's very, very helpful. Rather the coloring outside the lines. (laughs) (laughs) Around the lines.
1: Sister Mary Edward can complain all she wants. Hello,
0: Reverend Mio. It's Larry. Good evening, Larry. Back oh. yeah, up. Okay. all right, we're back, and another left hander, uh-huh. nonetheless uh-huh. Um, well, first of all, I'm just curious, do you actually have to tune that harp? oh, yes. That might be more difficult than learning to play the instrument first <laughs> to me
1: actually the tuning nowadays is quite straightforward. Oh. Uh, you have a little electronic device which will tell you oh. immediately whether it is sharp, flat, or in tune. Oh, I see, and it only takes like ten ten minutes or fifteen minutes if you 've been neglecting it oh that's that's
0: great um. Well, I I, I just, uh, we have a theme here because I also was wondering about this, uh, how the ultimate teaching is received if it's not within perception. And, um, y- 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 you know, I tried to listen to the rest of your talk and yet my mind kept turning as I was pondering this. And then I said to myself... Uh, well, I, I, you know, it, it seems like a quandary, but at least I'm not looking for it, and and I think then you followed up with exactly that uh, statement. So long as you're not looking for it, but
1: and looking for it in perceptions,
0: in, in perceptions, yes. yes. So, so I've had these. Um, instances do you
1: Do you know why that is?
0: Why you can't look for it within perception? Yes. Well, because... uh, Because absolute or ultimate reality is inconceivable and ungraspable.
1: Well, that's, that's another teaching, and that's true, but this is... This is... The the Zen family, and do you guys recite the song of the Jewel Mirror Samadhi? Yes. And so, what's that line about the teaching of thusness? Yes. Uh, the...
0: Oh, intimately communicated. Has what from
1: between? Has been intimately. Transmitted by Buddhas and ancestors. Right. Now you have it. Yeah. So that's why there's no looking. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and yet, <laughs> uh, y- 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 you know, you could drive yourself crazy. Uh,
1: yeah. Don't do that. No, no.
0: But, you know, sometimes I have these, um, I mean, because when you bring verification into the equation, the question arises, well, how, you know, how, you know, how does verification then happen? And I'll give like one example in my life. I remember well, it happens every once in a while. It's like when a light bulb goes off, when you're not even thinking about the particular thing and all of a sudden you go oh and so i think in a sense that recognition is not the teaching itself the teaching was who knows how it came to you and it comes but it does is that kind of what you're talking about
1: well mainly what i'm talking about is What did Dogen make clear about verification? Do you remember?
0: Mm, Refresh my memory, please.
1: Practice and verification are inseparable. Yeah. There is not the... The one does not exist without the other. So in the way that you're speaking, it sounds like you're trying to separate verification from practice. But, yeah. It's it's entirely possible. And yeah. Dogen says that's not how it works.
0: Yeah. Well I'll continue to not pursue this then.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Reverend Mio. Good good for
1: you. maybe one more question and then maybe I will go to bed if you will allow. Also, uh folks who are in the in the Zoom averse can I think ask questions
3: if they wish. Mm-hmm. Hello. Um, Thank you for the talk. My name is Justin. Hi, Justin. It's only my second time here. I have a question, though, about something you said. Uh, You said um, when you were sitting with that teacher and you were feeling annoyed, and he sensed that, and he said, I think it's because you you haven't practiced or you you aren't practicing.
1: You forgot to practice.
3: You forgot to practice. Mm -hmm. So my question is... Did he mean practicing before that happened, or did he did he mean practicing in the moment when it did happen
1: at, at the on that occasion he was referring to right then
3: right, so that's something I'm pondering is how do you practice in the midst of some kind of well a, a difficult moment like moment mm-hmm. like that, or maybe it's you aren't practicing and that's why you're having the difficult moment
1: well you know sometimes you know difficulty is what's there and our practice is to discover that practice in that moment is entirely possible all we have to do is remember and remember that the sphere of practice is never outside this body-mind, right now?
3: Is that? Thank you. I think so.
1: (laughs) Okay.
3: It's it's just hard to do, in my experience. Uh, Having, uh, I mean, practicing all the time, being centered all the time, and not having moments like that, especially in, in those moments.
1: Right, but uh, even, you know, it may look like, oh, this is, you know, this is this difficult moment and and I, I can't practice now or I'm not practicing now. Let that go. That's just, you might say, decoration. You're decorating your experience of that moment But that's all it is is decoration so just let it go and return although you never left but anyway return again and again this body mind right now that's practice and it may not look elegant or graceful or wonderful and inspiring but too bad that's practice
3: Okay, that's helpful
1: that is what you're doing. I'm convinced
3: <laughs> so even the experience of failing to practice uh it, it can be a practice oh absolutely <laughs> okay thank you.
1: <laughs> I think we'll let you go to bed now, Mio oh. Okay. Thank you, guys. (laughs) It's lovely to see you all, even in this slightly peculiar Hollywood Squares format. Uh, And then I'll be seeing you in person, presuming that the world does not end in the meantime, uh, in a little while. We're looking forward to it.